0: From the brains behind brains on, it's Smash Boom Best. The show for people with big opinions. Hi,
1: I'm Molly Bloom, and this is Smash Boom Best. The show where we take two things, smash them together, and ask you to decide which one is best. Today's debate is a mythological mashup for the ages. Will mischievous fairies prevail, or will cave creatures conquer? It's Trolls versus Leprechauns. We've got host of the podcast, What If World, Eric O'Keefe, ready to give it his all for Team Trolls.
2: Rolling with my trolleys. Yeah,
1: <laughs> Team Trolls. And host of the podcast, Circle Round, Rebecca Shear, is here to defend Team Leprechauns. Feeling lucky and feeling charmed. Go Leprechauns! And here to judge it all is Levi from Omaha, Nebraska. Levi loves to get into big debates with their brother and dad, is a chef at a Korean fusion restaurant, and last year created two of their very own baking recipes. Hi,
0: Levi. Hello there.
1: Okay, Levi, I understand that one of the things you debate with your dad and brother is whether it would be better to live in an underwater mermaid world or a steampunk world in the sky.
0: I personally would love to live underwater. I've always wanted to be able to live underwater. The aquarium is one of my favorite places in the whole world, so underwater all the way.
1: That sounds very dreamy. Would you be a mermaid underwater, or would you be your human self just able to breathe underwater?
0: I think I would be my human self just able to breathe underwater. Okay. I think I'm keeping the legs. Okay, we want to keep the legs just in case. Just in case I have to kick a fish or something. I don't know if those fish (laughs) try to get at me.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of creatures down there. You don't know what you're going to meet. Exactly. So you've also created baking recipes, which is very impressive. Can you tell us about those
0: recipes? That I have. So I made... My own kind of cookie recipe that I call calico cookies just because they remind me of calico cats. They are a mix of a ginger cookie, a chocolate cookie, and a cinnamon cookie. And then you just kind of take three different doughs and just kind of swirl them together. And they're really cute. And then I also have made my own brownie recipe, which... Was mostly me just trying to see if I could make brownies from memory, and then I could, and then they turned out to be the best brownies Whoa. I've ever had in my life. Okay, what's your brownie secret? It involves caramelizing the sugar what? before mixing it in with everything else.
1: Whoa. Okay. Mm -hmm. Blowing my mind. I am ready to go home and try that. Well, will Levi side with Eric or Rebecca? Only time will tell. Levi, are you ready to judge today's debate? Absolutely. Wonderful. Before we dive in, let's review the rules of the game. Every debate consists of four rounds of argumentation, the declaration of greatness, the micro round, the sneak attack and the final six. After each round, our judge Levi will award points to the team that impresses them the most, but they'll keep their decisions top secret until the end of the debate. Listeners, we want you to judge too. Mark down your points as you listen. At the end of the show, head to our website smashboom.org and vote for whichever team you think won. All right, Eric, Rebecca and Levi, are you ready? Absolutely. So ready. Oh, Team Leprechaun
3: is ready to sham, rock, and roll.
2: (laughs) Wait, I can say a fun thing? (laughs) Go for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, then
3: I'm as happy as a
2: pop troll, but my spirit is as big (laughs) as a cave troll. I lepre-can't even
1: believe you just said that.
2: No! I had that one in my back pocket. (laughs) Beat me to it.
1: Well, then it's time for the... Declaration of Greatness. In this round, our debaters will present a well-crafted, immersive argument in favor of their side. Then they'll each have 30 seconds to rebut their opponent's statements. We flipped a coin, and Eric, you're up first. Tell us what makes trolls the tops. Let me tell you
2: about a little boy who grew up in a magical world.
1: It started when he
2: was three or four and heard a story about billy goats crossing a bridge guarded by a troll. Who's that tip-tapping on
4: my bridge?
2: <laughs> After that, whenever he hiked the Blue Hills in Massachusetts with his family, he'd peek under the stone bridge there looking for trolls. He could have sworn he saw them, too. Who's that tip-tapping on my bridge? Troll. When he was older, he and his sister played with troll dolls that had long, colorful hair. Sometimes he'd find those dolls in hidden places, like they'd been living in their own secret lives. (gasps) Were you troll dolls having a tea party behind the fish tank? As a teenager, I, I mean the boy, would enter new magical worlds, playing a game called Dungeons and Dragons where he would both battle and befriend trolls. Now, as a father, he watches movies with his own kids, where trolls sing songs so enchanting, so catchy, they're stuck in your head for weeks. Because at any age, trolls are magic. Not hocus-pocus magic, or even expelliarmus magic, no. Much more powerful. Trolls come alive through Imagination. I'm sure you didn't realize, but that little boy was me. And I love trolls. They make the world more fun. The legends of trolls came from Scandinavia, and some think the word troll came from an old word for fiend. But since then, our idea of what trolls are has changed and spread all over the globe. Why? Because troll stories are the best stories. There are well-known troll folktales. Like the billy goat's gruff, or the one about a boy who got into an eating contest with a troll. There are epic fantasies like Harry Potter or Lord of the Rings, where trolls are as common as sliced bread, four-wheeled cars, and saying TGIF on Fridays. The animated troll films teach us about community and happiness, and have the best soundtrack of any kids' movies. You heard me, Elsa! (sighs) Let it go, Eric. There are scary troll stories out there that get our hearts pounding and adrenaline pumping. And friendly troll stories that let us imagine a world where mystical creatures are hiding in the woods, waiting to spark joy. Unlike leprechauns, who would probably just prank you and ruin your day. Speaking of, how many famous leprechaun stories can you think of? Hmm? Something about hoarding gold? Greed is so uncool, but trolls always cool. Plus, they're the perfect muse. Artists love to feature trolls in their work because there are so many different kinds. They can be huge or tiny, cute or hairy or cute and hairy. They let your imagination run wild. Sculptor Thomas Danbo even makes ginormous sculptures of trolls out of trash and recycled material all over the world so people can stumble across them and get a little splash of magic in their lives. Imagine if he made little leprechaun sculptures. Oh, Rot, watch out for that. Huh? (coughs) Ow, I stubbed my toe. What even was that? And when you really think about it, trolls are like us, but more extreme. Some are cranky, some are nice, some are loners. Some are all about family. Some like to hide under bridges and eat goats. Normal stuff. Thanks, Bridge Troll, but I'm good. The word troll may have come from an old word that meant fiend, but trolls are also friends, and we keep telling stories about them. Old stories, new stories, funny stories, scary stories, because trolls tap into the most powerful magic of all, the magic of our imagination. Plus, their hair is a thousand times better. Game over.
1: You can't argue with a good hairdo, that's for sure. Levi, what stood out to you about Eric's Declaration of Greatness?
0: Specifically, the trolls within art, I really liked because, fun fact about Omaha, Nebraska, we have a troll sculpture here that is hidden under our pedestrian bridge that leads to Iowa. Ha <laughs> very cool. What else stood out to you? Dungeons and Dragons. I love Dungeons and Dragons, so loved hearing about the trolls.
1: Excellent. Well, Rebecca, it is time for your rebuttal. You've got 30 seconds to tell us why trolls are trouble with a capital T. And your time starts now. Okay, like Eric said, the word for
3: troll can mean fiend or demon. And and what do we call fiendish demons who behave badly online? We call them internet trolls. Trolls. Mm. Internet leprechaun would be far more charming and witty, and they wouldn't eat any goats. Also, leprechauns have their own cereal. It's delicious, full of marshmallow rainbows. If trolls had cereal, what would it be? Chunks of stone or flakes of dirt. (laughs) It would definitely not be part of a balanced breakfast. Just saying, go leprechaun. And time. The one thing I will say
2: is that internet trolls are not real trolls because they don't identify as trolls. Most of them don't even know that they're jerks.
1: (laughs) Hmm, very interesting. All right, Rebecca, I know you have more to say. So please tell us why leprechauns should take the lead. Ah, home sweet
3: home. Who knew an entire day of staring contests with babies would be so exhausting? It's like they never blink. Wait a second. I, I don't remember throwing these books all over the floor. And oh, why, why is my armchair upside down? And what's this jug of green milk doing on the kitchen counter? Um, who left this pile of gold coins behind my trash can? Hang on. Upside-down furniture, green milk, gold coins. Could it be a leprechaun? (laughs) Wow, this is so exciting because leprechauns are one of the coolest creatures around. You may know them as the little bearded fairies from Ireland who have pots of gold. In Old Irish, the name leprechaun means small body, which is fitting because at most, they're only two or three feet tall. They're typically male, and wow, do they have a sense of style. Now, you might think leprechauns' signature color is green, but early stories actually describe them as wearing red wasn't until the last century or so that we started associating them with green. But whatever the color, they love wearing super snazzy boots with big silver buckles, big hats, and leather aprons. Oh, and their favorite accessory? Gold. Leprechauns have cash for days. These little guys have so much gold, they stash it all over Ireland. In the hills, in underground caves... The end of the rainbow. It's not like leprechauns are just lurking under a bridge waiting to troll people for money. No, they earn their own money because they're skilled cobblers, always making and mending shoes. That's why their signature sound is a tiny hammer. But not only are leprechauns savvy entrepreneurs, they're also a symbol of good luck. According to some legends, if you catch a leprechaun, they'll grant you three wishes. If a troll catches you, you're toast. Other legends say that if you catch a leprechaun, they have to tell you where they've hidden their gold. But unlike trolls, they're really clever. And sometimes they're even tricksters. One story goes a little something like this. There once was a young farmer named Tom. And one of Tom's favorite things to do was daydream. Farming, schmarming, hmm. La-dee-da, da-da-da, dee And that's exactly what Tom was doing one day when he heard a little click-clacking noise. <phone rings> he followed the sound and... <laughs> Whoa, a leprechaun!
2: Nope, just a
4: regular guy here. <laughs>
3: Tom knew that if you're lucky enough to catch a leprechaun, they have to tell you where they've hidden their gold. Leprechaun? Where's that sweet, sweet gold?
5: What is this word you say?
2: Gold? Never heard of it. I caught you. You have to tell me. Now, spill it.
5: All right, fine.
3: It's buried underneath that weed, right there. Aha, <laughs> <laughs> perfect. So, Tom tied a red ribbon to the weed so he could remember the spot. But when he came back with a shovel, Every single plant in the field had a red ribbon on it, making it impossible to find the gold. And the leprechaun, as you may have guessed, was gone. Hee <laughs> no! Tom dug and dug and dug. He never found the gold, but plot twist—he discovered he actually liked farming. So yes, the leprechaun tricked Tom, but he also taught him how to appreciate hard work. So these pint-sized fairies aren't just running around pulling a fast one on everybody. They're out there teaching important life lessons. Hey, wait. Maybe the leprechaun hiding in my house is trying to teach me a life lesson. Like how I need to relax more, you know? Maybe take a break from baby staring contests and pour myself a nice big glass of green milk. Ah, refreshing. <laughs> Leprechaun, is that you? Nope, just a regular guy. <laughs> Leprechaun, come back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> wow. That leprechaun's giggle is infectious. Oh, my goodness. Levi, what stood out to you about that argument?
0: Well, I really like the idea that they're working folk slash entrepreneurs. I'd always kind of figured them as more of an old money type rather than <laughs> creating it for themselves.
1: <laughs> Very good point. Eric, it is time for your rebuttal. You've got 30 seconds to tell us why leprechauns are lousy. And your time starts... Now.
2: Okay, well, I think leprechauns are teaching us a lesson, but it is the cautionary tale of the lonely billionaire, right? They they are solitary fairy creatures. They're not they're not out there mixing it out. They're hoarding their gold. They're not out in the community. Also, uh, if you've ever tasted a rainbow, it really just tastes like hose water. I, that's just sort of an <laughs> aside, okay? And lucky charm cereal, not lucky. I carried it around in my pocket, ate it all day. I just had a stomach ache and multiple
1: sugar. <laughs> Crashes. And (laughs) time. All right, Levi. It's time to award some points. Please give one point to the declaration of greatness you liked best and one point to the rebuttal that won you over. You get to decide what makes a winning argument. Did one team's jokes make you giggle? Was another team's logic to die for? Award your points, but don't tell us who they're going to. Both points could go to the same person or each could get a point. Have you made your decision? I have made my decision. Excellent. Rebecca and Eric, how are you two feeling so far?
2: Uh, I mean, Rebecca is a worthy adversary, but I just, I feel like I have the truth on my side.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I feel like I have ingenuity, brilliance, and entrepreneurship on my side, thanks to my leprechauns. But, uh, you know, who
1: knows? It's still early yet. All right, well, we're going to take a quick break so you can polish your clubs and your gold
0: coins. And we'll be right back with more Smash Boom Best. You're listening to State of Debate, home to raging rhetoric
6: and awe-inspiring argumentation. Todd Douglas here with my debate mate, Taylor Lincoln.
5: Howdy ho, debaterinos. I just got back from a trip in the Canadian wilderness, and I overheard a real doozy of a logical fallacy. I couldn't believe how bad it was.
6: A logical fallacy is a weak argument that's really easy to poke holes in.
5: That's right. And the one you're about to hear is as big as a moose. Roll the clip. Sure is a great day for a hike, Glenn.
0: You got that right, Michael.
2: But we better be careful there are definitely geysers around. You know, geysers, those hot
5: springs that shoot jets of water in the air. I know what a geyser is, Glenn, but why would there be one here? They're super rare and nowhere near this forest.
2: Uh, no. The last time I went hiking, I saw a geyser. It was a beautiful gift from nature, and now I know all forests have geysers.
5: What? No, they don't. You were in Yellowstone National Park, a park well known for geysers.
2: Giant pillars of hot water blasting from the earth is a vital part of hiking.
5: <phone rings> Holy cannoli, that's wrong!
6: Michael just made a big logical fallacy.
5: His claim that geysers are a part of hiking is a good example of the hasty generalization fallacy.
6: That's when you make a sweeping statement about something with very little or no evidence.
5: Just because you see something while hiking one time doesn't mean you'll see it every time. Your experience could vary for loads of different reasons.
6: Be sure to remember that next time you go hiking through the woods or have a debate with your friend. Until then, see you next time on State State of of Debate. Debate!
1: Smash! Boom! You're listening to Smash Boom Best. I'm your host, Molly Bloom. And I'm your judge, Levi. And we love getting debate suggestions from our listeners. Take a listen to this
0: delightfully digital debate from Libby. My name is Libby. I'm from Massachusetts. My debate idea is TV versus video games. What an entertaining debate idea.
1: We'll check back in at the end of this episode to
0: see which side Libby thinks should win. And now it's back to today's debate. Trolls versus Leprechauns.
1: That's right. And it's time for round two. The micro round. For the micro round challenge, each team has prepared a creative response to a prompt they received in advance. For Eric and Rebecca, the prompt was... Running for Mayor, where each side will deliver a speech to a city or town of their choosing about why they should be nominated for mayor. Eric went first last time, so Rebecca, you're up. Give us the lowdown on why leprechauns should lead the land.
6: Um, could someone please fetch an apple box or something so I can reach the microphone? Actually, never mind. I'll just cobble my own extra tall platform shoes. There, much better. Good humans, my name is Seamus Finnegan Shamrock the 72nd and I am tickled pink, no, green, to run for mayor of your fair town. A vote for me is a vote for fiscal responsibility. I've got bags of gold hidden everywhere, including the end of the rainbow, so this town will always have a balanced budget. But I'm not just Mr. Moneybags, I'm a small business owner who's been expertly cobbling shoes for hundreds of years. And I'm pro-environment, always a strong supporter of green initiatives. And sure, we leprechauns do have a reputation for trickery and mischief, but would you rather vote for an industrious fairy whose wit is as sharp as a heel tack or a burly bridge-dweller who's more likely to gobble you than govern you? Good humans, I know this world isn't all rainbows and four-leaf clovers, but working together, can we make this world a better place? I say, all together now. Yes, we leprechaun.
1: Wow, a rousing, rousing campaign speech there from our leprechaun candidate. Eric, it's your turn tell us why a troll would make a true trailblazer.
4: Hello, is this thing on? My name is Bjorgencher the Vast, and I'm running for mayor of Los Angeles. If you elect me as your mayor, I can promise you no more bridge tolls. Why collect tolls when we're getting your sweet tax dollars? Yes, you and your goats can pass across any bridge you like without fear of being taxed or eaten. But maybe if we ate a few of your goats, it would help traffic, right? Yes, ooh, that's right. No one likes coat traffic. Next, we get rid of all the palm trees. They suck up our precious water and provide zero shade from the horrible, horrible sun, which turns trolls to stone and forces people to wear silly hats, both equally horrible. We'll plant thousands of nice leafy trees, full of happy little trolls that can sing you a tune or style your hair. You like your hair sticking six feet in the air, right? And get ready for safer neighborhoods with our Troll Patrol. Ask our kindly and indestructible trolls to walk you home, help you cross the street, or guard your valuable treasure. We work any time, day or night, as long as the sun isn't out. Vote Bjorgenscher for mayor, and we'll eat the competition. I, I mean, beat the competition.
1: Oh, man, it's going to be hard to decide between these two candidates. Both such excellent campaigners. Levi What did you like about those micro-rounds?
0: Well, I really love the environmentalist advocate that is the leprechauns. Mm. But also, I gotta say, I also am not always a fan of silly hats. Sometimes they can go way too far and be way too silly.
1: Yeah, what about the trolls speech? Anything stand out there about why they would make a good leader?
0: Well, I agree on the front of eating goats because goats are quite delicious. And (laughs) as we all know, goat traffic is just terrible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Got to keep that goat traffic in control. Control. Oh,
1: wow. I'd made a pun and I didn't even know it. <laughs> How exciting. All right. Levi, it is time to award a point, but don't tell us who it's going to. The criteria are completely up to you. Did someone present a candidate worth voting for? Did someone sneak in some jokes, some facts, some lore? Whatever it is, it's entirely subjective and entirely up to you. Have you made your decision? I have made my decision. Excellent, Levi. Then it's time for our third round, the super stealthy... (laughs) Sneak Attack. This is our improvised round where debaters have to respond to a challenge on the spot. Today's sneak attack is called secret handshake. If your team had a secret handshake, what would it look like? So we want you to walk us through the steps of what your secret handshake would be so our friends can do it along at home as they listen. So debaters, are you ready? Does that make sense?
3: Yes. uh, Yep. Makes sense. Leprechauns have really, really tiny hands, but I see no reason why they couldn't do a handshake. Yeah, tiny
1: handshake. It's a fun time. (laughs) All right. So please let us know what your handshake is going to be. Walk us through all the steps. Rebecca went first in the last round. So Eric... You're up. Show us with words what your troll handshake looks like. Okay. Well, well, Mayor, uh, because he probably won that election,
2: Mayor Bjorgenshire the Vast uh, loves all of his vast body. So you're going to start <laughs> off holding your big tummy and just giving it a good <laughs> waggle, okay? All right. Then, then you turn in with the hip. It's just kind of a little, just a little hip bump, little elbow wiggle. But that makes you think you remember that you are a troll. We are kind of pungent sometimes, right? So we're going to give a sniff. <laughs> One armpit, then the other, but the armpit, the elbows are, are, are are sort of tapping as you're doing the armpits, twisting, pivoting the hips a little bit. And then last but not least, of course, trolls have very, very hard heads. There's, so there's just, just a little, just a little headbutt, just, but like an air headbutt. So you pretend it's really hard, but please, please don't headbutt each other at home. Pretend it's really hard. Boom. And then your head just jives back real fast. Like you just got clocked.
1: Wow. That is a full body handshake. I love it. Very impressive. All right, Rebecca, it's your turn. Please tell us
3: about your leprechaun handshake. Well, leprechauns are very secretive, but I'm going to share this secret with you. First, you take your hand, either hand will do, and you hold up four fingers to represent the four-leaf clover. Four-leaf clovers, shamrocks, super good luck, as are the leprechauns. So you hold up the four fingers. Then you make a fist as if you're holding a hammer. And you give three taps because, again, leprechauns are incredible shoemakers, these entrepreneurial, hardworking cobblers. So you've got the four fingers, the fist that then goes tap, tap, tap with the hammer. Then you arc your arm over in a semicircle to represent that rainbow because at the end of that rainbow, that's where the leprechaun has the gold. And once you've done that arc of the rainbow, you run away. Because that's what leprechauns do. (laughs) Get out. Make tracks.
1: (laughs) Go. Oh, I love that ending. Fabulous work. All right, Levi, time to award another point. Think about which side impressed you the most. Again, criteria are completely up to you. Have you made your decision? I believe that I have. Okay, then it's time for our final round. The final six... In this round, each team will have just six words to sum up the glory of their side. Rebecca, let's hear your six words for why we need to love leprechauns. Don't be trolled.
3: Follow the
1: rainbow. Oh, lovely. Mm -hmm. Excellent work. Okay, Eric, it's your turn. Give us six words on why trolls transcend. Let leprechauns hoard. Trolls are adored. Oh, oh, both such strong final sixes. Levi, I do not envy you having to make this last decision, but please award a final point for this final six. Have you awarded your final point?
0: I believe that I have. Wonderful. Are you ready to crown one team the Smash Boom best? That I am. All right,
1: drum roll, please. And the winner is... Draw! Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Levi, was there a moment that decided
0: things for you? What pushed it over the edge for trolls? I think uh, I really got to go with all the goats because I'm very (laughs) pro-eating goats. I think goats are absolutely delicious.
1: We should have known from your recipes and your chefing that this would come down
0: to food. So it always comes down to food. Was it a tight debate? Was it close? Well, if you look at the points, not extremely, however— it was very close every time I had to award one.
1: Well, thank you for being our very sage judge today. We appreciate your wisdom shared with us.
2: I just have to say that Rebecca is an incredible storyteller, and it's an honor getting to goof off with her. And I did actually learn, I loved that that tale about leprechauns where they were actually teaching a lesson. I kind of thought they only played pranks, but it was like a positive
3: prank. That was such a good story. Well, Eric, it has been an honor arguing with a fellow kids podcaster on the show. You have proven you are both a superb storyteller and a demon, word intended, demon of a debater. You've also, I have to say, you've opened my eyes to the softer side of trolls. I had no idea there was a softer side beyond the fluffy hair on the pencil toppers and dolls. So thanks for that. And now I'm going to go uh, drown my sorrows in a whole lot of green milk.
1: (laughs) Well, that is it for today's debate battle. Levi Crown trolls the Smash Boom Best, but what about you?
0: Head to smashboom.org and vote to tell us who you think won.
1: Smash Boom Best is brought to you by Brains On and APM Studios. It's produced by Molly Bloom, Rosie Dupont, Ruby
2: Guthrie, Anna Wegel, and Aaron Woldeselassi.
1: We had engineering help from Alex Simpson and Topher Booth with sound design by Rachel Brees. Our editors are
3: Shayla Farzan and Sandin Totten. And we had production help from Anna Goldfield,
1: Mark Sanchez, Nico Gonzalez Whistler, and Lou Barron. Our executive producer is Beth Perlman, and the APM Studios executives in charge are Chandra Kavati, Alex Shaffer, and Joanne Griffith. Our announcer is Marley Foyer Worker Otto. And we want to give a special thanks to Austin Cross, Taylor Kaufman, and Brant Miller. Eric, is there anyone you want to give a shout out to today? Oh, to
2: all of Ireland
1: and especially the fairies. <laughs> please forgive me. <laughs> And how about you, Rebecca? Any special shout-outs?
3: To all the amazing actors
1: in the troll movies. Now's (laughs) the part where I confess, I love those movies. And how about you, Levi? Any special thanks or shout-outs?
0: Well, I have to shout-out my parents. Love them dearly. But most and far most importantly, I have to shout-out my cat. She is just (laughs) so perfect. What's her name? Her name is Ophelia, but she kind of runs into things and she just knocks things over, so I call her Opie. (laughs) Opie.
1: Thank you, Opie, for supporting Levi today. Before we go, let's check in and see who Libby thinks should win the TV versus video games debate.
0: I think video games would win because they are more interactive.
1: Good point, Libby. If you're between the ages of 13 and 18 and you'd like to be a judge like Levi, or if you're any age and you have an idea for a knockdown dragout debate, head to smashboom.org contact and drop us a line. We'll be back with a new debate battle next week. Bye-bye. Adios.
3: I'm trolltally shocked right now.